0: America's team, do you hear me? All, old, all, stars in building. all, all stars in building. Come out of time, leaving the building. Team to you. Welcome back, everybody. We are the Dallas Power Hour. I'm RDA, alongside my boy JC. And this quarantine will not stop us from bringing you the greatest sports because we are presented by Dallas Sports
1: Nations, and Wagon Enterprises. Enhancing your fan sports experience. Coming from the DFW and in quarantine, we're bringing you the best sports, the best teams of all the nation. We have the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. We have the Texas Rangers and the new Globe Life Fields, which we don't have any games going on over there. So it's like, how, how sad should the Rangers feel? I mean, how bad does John Daniels and the city of Arlington feel for having a brand new toy they can't even play with it? Everything has to hurt for the Rangers, man. I mean,
0: it hurts me as a fan because I had tickets already to a few games, so that hurts my soul automatically.
1: But the <laughs> Rangers, think about the off season you they had. I bet it would hurt your soul. But nonetheless, we're here, so that's a plus. That's well, always a plus. Definitely a plus. So let's start off with what we got on the show today. Talk yeah. to me. All right. Look, first of all,
0: obviously the the MLB has, has shut down, so we really don't have much going on there besides maybe a few players rehabbing, getting better, and stuff like that. Hockey has been you know, suspended indefinitely, just like the NBA. So the only one that has anything going on at this moment is the NFL. Thank you, Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, and the rest of you owners for being insane like that. Thank you. We appreciate your madness because otherwise, I, I don't know, I'd probably be watching like professional chess. I don't, I don't, I don't know what we to do. We would
1: start our own chess competition. Yeah, and it'd probably be video chess because we're not allowed to be around yeah. the groups of more than 10. But honestly, how many people would – attend a chess match.
0: Oh, you know what? Well, you know
1: what? I'm not going to say that because actually I bet there are competitions out there like that.
0: Yeah, you know what? I don't want people to, if you play professional chess, I'm not taking shots at you. I just literally have nothing better to do with my life. But anyways, for the rest of this show, we're going to be talking about what the Dallas Cowboys have done because obviously free agency has been going up in flames. I'm talking about players switching left and right. The Dallas Cowboys have taken plenty of hits, both on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball. And overall, I mean, it's been truly maddening just to see what everything is that everything has happened here. We've seen guys leave, and we've seen guys stay. But that's mainly what we'll be mainly talking about, right? Which one of these losses hurts Dallas the most? Have they done enough to replace him in free agency? So I guess we'll jump straight in there, right? On the offensive side of the ball, we saw one of the biggest, shocking, most devastating things that happened to his Dallas Cowboys offense, and that is losing probably, I would say, if not the best, maybe the second best player on that offensive line, Travis Frederick to
1: retirement. You know, this really broke my heart because he was only 29 years old. Easily the best center in the game right now. And it's like, you know, he wasn't at his all-pro level that we've seen him, you know, play at in the past. But ever since he was diagnosed with the Guillard-Bear-Centrum, I don't know how to say it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but you could say the Amari the Cooper the thing. The Amari Cooper I. thing. Yeah, just like the Mark Okay, so that when, when he got diagnosed with this illness, it was a shock to us. You know, he took off the entire twenty eighteen season and we've seen Joe Looney step in at center and then Ezekiel Elliott lead the league with fourteen hundred yards rushing on the ground. Correct. Okay, but now you know we can't look toward we can't look forward to Travis Frederick coming back one day because at this point He's not playing football anymore, and it, it, it sucks, you know, because you you want to see one of the greatest linemen you've seen of our generation play. I mean, remember you remember whenever they they traded back in the first round, and then they actually drafted Travis Frederick, at oh, pick thirty yeah. one. Everybody was very upset about it. And that trade actually landed them
0: Terrence Williams also in the third round. So that even though Terrence wasn't a great player by any means, but he did help out Dallas a couple times in some tough situations. But Travis Frederick was one guy that. As soon as they said his name, I mean, you can go back and read articles that NFL.com had posted out. People were bashing guys, Terrible, terrible pig. These guys still have Phil Costa. Why would they draft Travis Frederick? Who? That, that's exactly what I thought to myself is what genius should actually write that they should be backhanded like three times. <laughs> but it, it ended up working out. You know what? That's one of the ways that Jerry Jones and that staff that Will McClain put together, they proved everyone wrong because everyone thought that was a mistake. And instead of what happened, you got one of the smartest guys to show up on that locker room. Easily one of the top leaders. And not only on the field was he great, but outside of the field, I mean, this guy runs charities left and right. An absolute great person. Someone that he's literally Jason Witten-like in the fact that everyone wants to be more like him. And honestly, should follow in his footsteps. But now, like you said, the year that he stepped away, the Dallas Cowboys still led the league in rushing. So... Yes, this is a, a very big loss, but Dallas has proven the fact that even without that machine of a monster in the middle, you can still run the ball, pound the ball, and get things done. Where it will affect them will be in the passing game, because without uh, Travis Frederick, the guy that gave up, what, four sacks in his entire career? Entire career. Entire career, four sacks. Without him in there, we saw this Dallas team become the second most sacked team in the league in 2018 only behind the Houston Texans' offensive line, which is absolutely horrific. It was it was horrible at the time before they started making those trades for guys like Laramie Tunsil, et cetera, et cetera. But now, okay, obviously this free agency, they haven't picked up another center. They haven't gone anything about the way because, like you have said in your article, JC, they were, they were out there, they, they picked up Joe Looney again, they reached out to a one-year deal. They obviously drafted Conor McGovern the year before that, a guy that played 14 strong games in college at center. I mean, he was very good at that position. He's honestly my favorite to win out that job over Joe Looney. But, you know, we'll see whatever, if training cap happens, whatever, however that plays out. But overall, that's the one guy that Joe Looney, people should feel very, very comfortable with. I mean, you wrote about it yourself. This is the perfect bridge
1: player to overcome having a big loss like Travis Frederick. Yeah, and I mean, Joe Looney, he's, a great interior lineman. He's a swing guard. He can place the center position. So like you said, if Connor McGovern actually beats out Joe Looney for the center position, you can see Joe Looney swinging into the left guard position opposite of Zach Martin and you know really compete against Connor Williams and I mean, we have to look at Connor Williams right now because Connor Williams was what, a third-round pick or a second-round pick? Second-round pick, pick? number 50. Okay, remember, he was a second-round pick out of Texas, and everybody liked him. You know, he was a little bit undersized. He played played the tackle position in college, but he had the ability to play in all positions, you know. That's why he was drafted so high. And and so he didn't have a great NFL start to his career. I mean, especially – of begin- I mean, playing alongside a top-three tackle in the game in Tyron Smith. I mean, alongside of all-pro center and guard oh, and yeah. Zach Martin and Travis Frederick, you know, before the retirement. And then Lyle Collins, oh, you know, a potential first-round pick before, I guess, his off-the-field issues prevented him from being drafted at all. Oh, yeah. And then the Cowboys swooped in, picked him up, and now you have a star-studded offensive line. Yeah. But now you have Connor Williams, who... I guess, did not live up to that Pro Bowl level, that Pro Bowl status that everybody was expecting him to, hoping him to. But, I mean, at the same time, Connor, I mean, if your left guard position is the weakest position on your line, then, I mean, are you really too concerned of Joe Looney starting at your left guard position? Uh, I wouldn't say too concerned because, again, you still have a a strong, a very strong left
0: tackle in Tyron Smith. Uh, Obviously, Tyron Smith's health issues have become a problem. I think he's had three straight, three or four straight years where he missed three games every season. So you're bound to guarantee that I'm almost out the gate with Tyron Smith, his back issues, stuff like that. But that, I think that's going to be the struggle because if you have a, a somebody, somebody that's not that very good at, at left guard, and Tyron Smith happens to go down for those two or three games that he'll that he's bound to go down in, according to his past four years. That that's when it would become an issue because we saw that against the Falcons game from a few years back, that it is notorious for... It became sack central for the Dallas Cowboys. I guarantee you that Dak Prescott has nightmares about... I, I can't remember that guy's name that sacked him six times. Adrian Claiborne. Adrian Claiborne. See, he, I mean, he he thinks he's a Claiborne from, like, Call of Duty, but he's not. He's just a regular guy <laughs> that disappeared off the face of the earth after that game. But that that's when it would become a problem. And that's where... I'm very curious why Diaz hasn't addressed more to that position at the moment. Obviously, like you said, Joe Looney, great pickup. You're good there. Worst case scenario, you just give Looney the job there, and then you have both Connors battle it out to see which Connor lives and who dies, or oh, who starts and who doesn't.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Fight to the finish, Connor kind of, man. You know fight saying, to man? the death. And you know, you have thing about the past few years. You know, in the draft, they drafted both guards: Connor Williams, Connor McGovern, and. You know, they picked up in free agency. I think Chas Green was Chas Green a fifth round pick though, wasn't he? Chaz Green third round pick third from round Florida. I think it was back in like twenty fifteen. Yeah. But see, I mean think about these guys that the Cowboys have recently drafted. And I mean, other than, you know, Frederick, Zach Martin, and Tyron Smith from, you know, the twenty tens, yeah. which were great picks. Great I mean picks. great picks. Any other team would love those would love those picks, you know. So but, exactly. So they probably would. And since then, Chaz Green, Conor McGovern, Conor Williams—not at that Pro Bowl level of which they were hoping they would be. And maybe, maybe they're just late bloomers. You never, you never know. You really never know. But they—they've they've really stuck to, I guess, mid to late rounds because they've had so much confidence in their offensive line. Okay, well, we really don't have too many injuries besides Taron Smith. Maybe every once in a while, you know, Frederick almost never missed a game before his before his syndrome. Zach Martin, I don't think he's ever missed a game. Maybe one or two, maybe. But you really don't see the concern popping out at you on paper or say, oh, well, Zach Martin's injury prone. We need to be able to have a real solid backup behind him. And, okay. and, that, and that's where the Joe Looney pickup came in. And, you know, that signing, like you said, was a great pickup. But now we're going to start seeing um, maybe the Cowboys starting to reevaluate their own tackle position. Lyle Collins is a staple on the right side. I mean, he's a right tackle. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's here. He's here for a while. And he's money. Exactly. He's not a pro bowl caliber. He's not an all pro. But you know what? He's a very good tackle. And that's all we need. We just need a very good right tackle who can pass protect, who can run block. And that's what they have. But don't be surprised if they take an extra look or two at a tackle out of colleges, Maybe in the top three rounds for that exact reason that you said. Maybe Tyron Smith, his back issues are catching up to him. He's almost 30, or is he 30? I think he's I think almost 30. He's 29. 30. By the end of the season, he'll be 30. Okay, and see, at this age, you know, we know at, at the offensive line position, they get beat up on the most. Oh, they yeah. do get beat up besides the running back position. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen over, over the years, and we just seen it right now. Travis Frederick, he just couldn't do it anymore. And, no. yeah, it had to do with his illness, but at the same time, his body wasn't going to be able to handle oh, it. Oh, yeah.
0: Plus, you know, again, t- Tyler Smith has been playing in the league since before he was able to drink. I mean, he, he was under 21 whenever he came and started playing football, and having someone like DeMarcus Ware help him out in camp, it, it showed him how to be a very good tackle, and he, that's exactly what he became. But now that's where Daz, they're going to have to come up with something because they also lost Cameron Fleming, which obviously no one's going to be like, oh, wow, Cameron Fleming left, why wow, that's such a big loss. I understand that, but there goes your backup option, that left tackle. Like Now you're going to have to start thinking either more towards the draft, like you said, or make some magic happen here in free agency and, and pick up someone to help out and secure those spots. Because again, Tyler Smith, his health is just it's not what it used to be. So on that offensive line, they got they got some big problems to start failing. Travis Frederick, even though it's a big loss, I think that'll be one easier to plug and play. Joe Looney, again, great bridge player, great article. Check him out at Dallas Sports Nations. Check out everything that's going down there because it's a great breakdown of all the different players, of what they've added and what they've uh, lost. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, that, this is where a few bigger losses have come into play. All right? Michael Bennett still remains a free agent, gone. Nowhere to be found unsigned. Robert Quinn decides to go sign with the Bears. Boom, another big loss. All right, That's two guys, two veterans, that came into this team and made a pretty big difference. Obviously, we saw Robert Quinn lead the team in sacks. 11.5, he was the top 10 in the league with sacks. Then there was Michael Benny, who I mean, from the moment he came in, he made his voice known in that locker room, and the rest of those guys just looked to him. He's a veteran, knew exactly what to expect from him. It was good things all around. But now with those two guys lost, everyone thought to themselves, man, then you know, now Dallas's off defensive line is, is looking a little bit more sketchy, but they signed a couple of veterans. JC, what do you gotta tell us about these guys?
1: Jerome McCoy and Don Ter- Donna Terry Pope. Poe. Yep. Okay. Two teammates actually last year in Carolina. Yep. And so he I mean they played under Ron Rivera, a great defensive mind, who is in uh, Washington right now. And so, I mean, everybody knows Jerry McCoy, former Pro Bowl, you know, defensive tackle, one-time All-Pro. Played in Tampa Bay all those years, you know. Maybe his glory days are behind him. Maybe he's in the twilight of his career. But at the same time, he's a great run defensive player. Same thing with Don Pope. They're not going to get you 10 sacks per season. I'll tell you that right now. They will not get you 10 sacks per season. I think Jerry McCoy has under 60 sacks on his career, but at the same time, you know, McCoy is, he, he's one of those guys who can move the pile. Oh, yeah. He can move the pile in, in a positive way for your defense in order to create some kind of pressure up the middle to prevent the run game. And, you know, in this, in this division, we have Saquon Barkley, yeah. who, I mean, with the Giants, and then up in Philly, I mean Miles Sanders, Sanders, Miles came, Sanders up. came up, you know, and then they had Jordan Howard, who's in Miami actually now, yeah. by the way. So they have lost a lost a player or two and then the Redskins they have Adrian Peterson, old man still running, yeah, and Darius I mean, guys. And you know, these, these teams, you know, they don't have strong running games. And if you're able to just eliminate that part of the game from these teams, you're forcing the quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, Daniel Jones um Injury prone Carson Wentz, you're talking about uh, Dwayne Haskins in Washington, and you know it may change with the NFL draft coming up. The Redskins have been, you know, rumored to take Tua and you yeah. know Tua Tua Lipo or whatever. Yeah, it is. Tua, 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 Tua Tua. Yeah, that dude, the dude from Alabama, the left-handed dude. So I mean, they've been rumored to take him so high, but you know, Rivera traded for a uh, Kelly Kelly Moore that. I said Kelly Moore. Who am I talking about? Kelly Moore sounds like a wrestler. It sounds like a wrestler. Oh, Kyle Allen from the uh, Panthers. So, I mean, he had a great last half of the season. And so, we could be looking at Haskins or Kyle Allen behind behind the center. So, if you're able to put pressure on them by not allowing them to run the ball and making them make plays through the air, I mean, this defensive line can really create chances for the secondary, who is, I mean, really depleted after losing Byron Jones. And, you know, that's another thing. Um, Tyron, um, Byron Jones, huge loss. But the signing of Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, I remember you talking talking about him a long time ago. I know you are really high on him at one point. Oh, I love that guy. But I even still now to this day, I still like that guy. And, you know, he, I think he made a Pro Bowl once. I think it was a one-time Pro Bowl. Yeah, but, I think it was about two years ago now, maybe three. Yeah, whenever he was in Green Bay playing under Mike McCarthy. Yeah. And so th- this defense is, is slowly changing the linebacker position is uh, is is somewhat the same. You know, they brought back Sean Lee. They're bringing back Joe Thomas. So your core four will be here. Leighton Vander as Joe Thomas. Jalen Smith, the future Hall of Famer, if he doesn't start. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. And then. Uh, <laughs> he start? Wait, you don't think Jalen's going to start? No, he will start. He oh, will okay. start. I'm just saying he needs to play better. He will make it to the Hall of Fame eventually. At least the Ring of Honor. That's Jerry's golden boy. He's like, oh, I was right about Jalen Smith. I believe Smith. that. Man. And that's why he signed him, because he is justification for himself and his own underpants. Very but, much. but, nonetheless, this defense is slowly changing, and this defensive line is going to be a big part. You still have Tank. You still have, I mean, Tyrone Crawford on right. the other end. And Tyrone Crawford is one of those guys who can play inside or outside, defensive end or defensive tackle. Then you have Dorrance Armstrong, and I think the, the other guy, Joe Jackson, Behind me, the, the Miami guy. You know, we have Michael Jackson. We have Joe Jackson. Michael Both.
0: Jackson got cut last year, actually.
1: Did he? Yeah. Oh so man, great, great, Michael... great job, uh, Christian Shard. You're an amazing scout. Amazing scout. You Good, good guy.
0: I'm just saying. But <laughs> <laughs> he's six foot three. Oh wow, let's draft a guy that can't
1: intercept the ball
0: or cover anyone.
1: Great let's, job. Let's go, guys. That that's a good pick. That was a yeah, good. Pick. I hate Christian Sharp. Michael guys, Jackson is out. But, anyways, you know that we have plenty of depth at this defensive line, and Michael Bennett would not be a bad pick to bring back on a oh, GB yeah. one year, maybe $3 million, $4 million deal. Keep him under that cap number, and we have a chance of bringing him back and then have a rotation. I mean, I'm just saying, imagine Michael Bennett, Demarcus Lawrence, Donatari Poe talking about, I mean, Gerald McCoy, Tyron Crawford, a lot of veterans on this defensive line and a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. There's also still not mentioning the fact that maybe, maybe, maybe Randy maybe. Gregory decides Maybe, to Randy, and he filed for reinstatement. Yep. So would you want Randy Gregory back on the team? Honestly, I would because one of two reasons, all right, well, actually both reasons. One, he's, he's still
0: a fairly younger guy, right? He's not that much of an older guy, so he'll be fairly cheap due to the fact that he hasn't done much football activities since his departure of the NFL. But two, because this guy is still very good at rushing the passer. And if it's one thing about uh, DeMarcus Lawrence, Gerald McCoy, Poe, and uh, Tyron Crawford, they're big guys, all right? Yes, these guys are more run through the linemen and, and get to the quarterback that way. But Randy Gregory, he has, he's the bend. I mean, you see him, he's a lanky kid. He's real tall, he has, he's real slim, and he's not going to run through anybody. So while everybody's trying to truck through these linemen, Randy Gregory's gonna get that bend hit the corner and maybe get a few sacks that way, clean up a few passing down. So I can see Dallas using him very well on a, a third third and long and just honestly keeping teams back and upping his game and making sure that he makes a name uh, name for himself again, because whenever he was coming out of the draft, he was still thought of as a top 10 prospect before obviously, you know, getting high every single day and falling to the end of the second round to the Dallas Cowboys that year. Great job, buddy. But uh, overall, I mean, I, Randy Gregory is a guy that I would definitely never
1: see here, and and you know it, it wouldn't hurt. It really wouldn't hurt. It it would only help. And even if he's a third round pass rusher, oh yeah, I mean, and that's all you need him for. You know, rotate him behind. I mean, he would be a, what a right end or a left end. I think uh, he'd be a right end. Yeah, he? more than likely, yes, he'd be a right end. And you know, he that's what his advantage would be: his speed to get around the tackle, maybe. Incorporated spin move, and we've seen we've seen what he can do. He has six, oh, yeah. He's had six sacks in a year before, mm-hmm. and that was half a season, I believe. Oh, yeah. But nonetheless, this defensive line is going under a makeover after losing Malik Collins so far, and really that's the biggest name. Malik mm-hmm. Collins, I love Malik Collins, but he just could not stay healthy. I, I, I loved him whenever they drafted him out of the third round, and he was a really good pick. But he just couldn't stay healthy. Um, so. The defensive line makeover. We've seen the linebackers, I mean, pretty much the same as last year. Oh, yeah, everybody came back. Mike Nolan is going to have plenty of talent to work with on this defense. Um, I guess the biggest question of this team, I guess, on the defensive side would be the secondary, right? Oh,
0: big questions there. I mean, everywhere across the board. We've talked about it a little while ago. I mean, Byron Jones disappearing from this team. Byron Jones, if you guys, just to give you guys an idea, if you don't already know, I'm, I'm sure you guys do, but. Byron Jones on Madden should be ranked as like a 90 to 92 kind of a player fact. just because of the fact that he can shut you down. He might not get the interception that everyone wants. He won't. He won't. Which, again, I, I'm glad he fought anyone on that forever ago. He's still a very good corner. <laughs> he's a very really good corner. But uh, then, then the dip-off goes to Cheeto Bay and Anthony Brown, who just got re-signed. I mean, those guys are maybe like mid-70s players. So believe me, you're going to see a, a very hefty drop from those guys. You're going from a corner that can hang in there with guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham's of the world, and now if this Dallas team steps to, you, to anybody, what corner do you feel comfortable with having to stick? Okay, think about the, the just the division in itself, right? There's obviously no great receivers in the division. Thank God for that because that's a plus. That yeah. is one of the few saving graces for this entire division. Very much so because if Dallas if Dallas was stuck in, in a completely different division, we'll say – I don't know. We'll pick the AFC North. I mean, obviously Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Um, who else do they have? Uh, Marquise Brown. He's he's a rookie, but that guy is very Hollywood quick. Brown. Yeah, man. Hollywood Brown.
1: Smith, Shuster, yeah, Schuster, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd.
0: God, I, this this defense, and I, I like them a lot. But those corners are not built to cover guys like that. They, They're built like. I don't know. They're built to watch. People weren't yeah. buying. This year, the Dallas Cowboys will be playing against the Arizona Cardinals if the season happens. Mm-hmm. Let it happen. Oh my goodness!
1: Because they, DeAndre Hopkins, I think the Texans have to hate themselves right they now. I think to. they hate Bill Bill O'Brien. I catch his house on fire. I would do it. I would do it too. But I mean, if it, it does catch on fire, wasn't us? Just yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we would do it, but no, but we're not actually gonna I don't do even it. Know how to do it lighter? Exactly. Got yeah. a fire pit. We yeah, would I mean, figure something out. But but it's clear, it's enclosed, it's controlled, it's okay. We're having a quarantine party or something. Not I don't true. know. No, but nonetheless, Bill O'Brien just single handedly ruined the Texans yeah. in one move. Why would you trade? I, I know this is off topic, but DeAndre Hopkins. He's the love of yeah. my life. I, I met that. I'll say it again. I don't care. I love that guy. <laughs> And I remember ever since he was being drafted out of Clemson, you've been super high on the dude, especially in fantasy football. I am like, Who? I'm like, no, they still got Andre Johnson. No. But then, I, you know, as soon as I seen him play, and there was – we were at – I was at your house one day, and we seen him make over two defenders, one-handed catch, and it was a flag on the play. So, it was the greatest catch I've never counted. Oh, man. It was, oh, man. It, was, it, was, it was amazing. But nonetheless, the Cardinals just bamboozled yeah. the Texans. Or a second-round pick and an overpaid running back. Correct. And, and they still
0: have Larry Fitzgerald. Like, what, what is Dallas going to do at this moment in time against one of the greatest receivers of all time in Larry Fitzgerald and the guy that's currently a top-three receiver in the league in DeAndre Hopkins? Like, how do you stop a team like that with this secondary? We forfeit. We uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we forfeit. Let's do that. Take a knee will just call it a game. Guys, look, like you, I'll let you score. I just want to watch because we could be looking at – two of the greatest receivers to play of all time, ever, ever on the same team. Top Larry Fitzgerald is the top five receiver all time. Can we agree?
0: hundred percent. I love that guy. Okay, go
1: Jerry Rice, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, T.O., Randy yeah. Moss. I mean, and then I mean, those are top four right there. You can put them in any interchangeable order. Yeah. And you can argue. we can argue about this for hours and days, yeah, really why and who and when, you know. And th- this is one of those conversations where – Larry Fitzgerald is definitely one of the greatest receivers of all time from our generation. And Now, DeAndre Hopkins gets to step in next to him, and he is emerging as a top three receiver of, our, of this next generation yep. of receivers. And he's going to learn even more. He's, oh, man, I mean, I can guarantee you. Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins will be working on route running. Oh, yeah, they're, be working they're breaking on, the quarantine. Man. I'm telling you, they are breaking the quarantine. Six foot separation? Okay, cool. Six foot away from those Dallas cornerbacks. Yeah, that's, that's how exactly, that works. That's exactly how it's going <laughs> to work. Which, which, back back to these corners, they re-signed Anthony Brown. Good job, you yeah, know what? I called that. Yeah. Call that. I called that. I said, get him back on a three-year right. cheap deal. I mean, you can get him for super cheap because if he goes out on the market, somebody will overpay him, but... No, we got him back for $5 million a year. Yeah, it was a great deal Yeah, and, and great call because was, the
0: season hadn't even ended and J.C. made sure that that was one of his calls that would happen once he went down with injury. But now, they also added Kennedy. What was some random corner. He was a, a higher draft pick. He was, I think, maybe a second or third round pick from the um was it the Baltimore Ravens. Then he, he was hurt there all the time. So the guy just – he had bad luck his first few years there. Played with the Jets, you know, also – just, it didn't work out too well. But when he's on the field, he can actually play football. But much, much to his demise, you know, his his health is a big concern there. And honestly, I, I don't see him being more than maybe a cornerback four on this team because you still have Jordan Lewis, Tito Beowoozie, and you paid Anthony Brown. Neither one of those guys are going to be behind this kid, Kennedy.
1: Okay, hot take right here. Jordan Lewis is the best cornerback on this team.
0: I will third that, second, fourth, whatever number you want me to I'll back that up because I've said that. Since today was drafted, he's the best corner on the team besides. Well, even at the, time, but, at the time. Byron, Byron Jones, Jones was, a safety, he was yeah. a safety at the time. So I said that guy would be the best corner on the team by year two. And you know what? Then we, for some reason, picked up Chris Richard.
1: Great job, Jerry Jones. You ruined everything. Yeah, exactly. Chris Richard ruined the secondary. I mean, how are you going to not choose Jordan Lewis, who is always around the ball? I, I bet we can trade Shadobi. I bet oh, yeah. we can trade Who's it? Give us a second-round pick or a third-round pick. Give it to me. Here. Has Chris yeah. Shard signed anywhere? Because that's exactly where I'm setting him to. No kidding. If wherever Chris Shard lands, I mean, I, I would know. be
0: more than happy to send Cheater Bay that way. This is what, this this is what Google's for. I will look at him and I'll get back to you. Make you happy because I'm talking about it. If I'm them, I'm picking up some random six-foot four corner and you know what? Hey, Chris he can't play football, but he's tall just like you like him, man. Good luck to you, buddy. And uh, just make that work. But until then, that that cornerback position is something that will have to be addressed via the draft, and, and I mean that's when we'll get into that later on in our show because I have a mock draft out, and uh, I'll make sure to go with that with you guys on who I think should land here, who I think will land here, and stuff like that. But overall, th- this team doesn't have an answer as a number one corner. Andrew Brown, good corner. Cheeto Bay uh, you know what? He has good placement, but for some reason, he just can't ever turn around, and he gets caught on ridiculously. That the catch is made on Cheeto Bay. Are sports center like that? They're phenomenal because he's there, but you just can't make the play. So he just needs to learn how to finish. And Cheeto could actually be a pretty good corner. Jordan Lewis, he's the only guy on the team to have, I think, multiple interceptions. So this guy, he can turn over the ball, like JC said, he's somewhere around it. He takes risks, hundred percent, that he there's some of them he shouldn't take, but that's the one that ends up it is a breaking out for him. So. Jordan Lewis, man, great job by you, my
1: guy. Yeah, and Chris Richard is not actually employed right now. He's not a coach right now in the NFL. I mean, he's interviewed for position, you know, don't get me wrong. And he may, you know, he may go out and, you know, he may be do, do do well somewhere else as well. But right here, I mean, he just didn't fit here. And, you know, we've seen the way he coached. Yeah, he's a great rah-rah guy, but, you know, X's and O's. And then, you know, uh, was it uh, discriminating Jordan Lewis for yeah. being two inches too short? I mean, <sighs> Nonetheless, I mean, Chris Shard I'm glad he's gone. Mike Nolan is going to be a great coach here. I, I have a good feeling about Mike Nolan. Oh, yeah. He can run. He runs multiple schemes on the, on the defensive That's side. That's what
0: I love the most, honestly, because just different different schemes will give you different looks. The one thing about the Chris shard and uh, Rod Marinelli era, people, people started calling our defenses predictable because you can see exactly what they're running, and they can, yes. could, for some reason, just still not stop teams. Just like the offense. Just like the offense. I mean, the offense – Started getting a little bit too uh smooth there where fans were starting to call plays correctly. It just it, it made sense. <laughs> yeah, he got sense. bad. He got bad. Yeah, man. but I mean this corner group, like I said, it is gonna need help from everywhere. Hopefully the draft pulls out our way and we can get a couple playmakers to come make some things happen. But in the secondary, we were talking about ha ha dicks Dix, which for if you don't know by now, his name is spelled Hashan, H-A-S-E-A-N, but it's pronounced Haseen. Ha-ha. So if for any reason you get to meet him, don't call him Hashan, all right? His name is not Sean. His name is Haseen. It just so happens that it's spelled like Sean. And uh, if you say Haseen, I guarantee you'll probably be happier that you said it correctly. And he'll be more willing to take a picture or autograph oh, whatever it is. something. Yeah, but he'll be pretty happy about that. Anyways, so Dix, great player for me. I love this guy. Okay, so question. question all right, on answer. Ha-ha. Okay, can, how low can he cover tight ends? On his, his covering skills, that's where... Um, I would say
1: average at best. That's not what we need. Because, you're you're because, not wrong. Because, look, we're going to have Evan Ingram, oh. Zach Ertz, oh. Dallas Goddard. And, oh. well, the, Jordan Reed was cut from the Redskins. Yeah. So, we'll probably be facing Vernon Davis over there. He's like 42. I thought he retired. Did he retire? I'm, I'm like well, they do sure Well, they that. don't have a tight end there. So, yeah. we're good in that department. Yeah. So, but, the
0: Redskins, they bumps, right? We, we kind of might bumps, but Zach Ertz yeah, and uh,
1: <laughs> Dallas Goddard. That's
0: a fierce duo. And uh, even though Jason Whitten didn't go to the – New York Giants, like a lot of people predicted, they still have Evan Ingram, who's literally like another receiver. The guy is just phenomenal. Yep. In in that area, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher because one thing that Haas is a little bit better, he's had interceptions every year that he's played in the league. So from that note, I mean, don't worry about that. He had two interceptions last year, three the year before that, three the year before that, five the year before that. And almost in every single season, he gets 80 or more tackles. The guy is just around football players. He is not afraid to lay the wood on somebody and set the tone for games. And I think that's what this team has been missing. They don't have anyone to go in there and pop them the way you want them to. If you remember a few years back, in week one, the Dallas Cowboys played against the New York Giants. And J.J. Wilcox came out the gate and I think it was the first drive. Odell Beckham caught a ball right down the middle. And J.J. Wilcox hit him so hard that his grandmother fell off the couch. It was savagery. After that, Odell Beckham did not have a very good game. Because every time he went for the ball, his eyes would peek into the backfield to see where J.J. Wilcox was. That fear factor, I think, is back with someone like Ha-Ha Clint Dix. And that's where I think this team is going to get a bit of a change-up, all right? Not the best guy out in coverage, but someone to watch that. those running backs. We were talking about it earlier. Saquon Barkley, Machine. Miles Sanders, guys coming up in the world. Adrian Peterson, he's from Dallas. He just refuses to die. So... <laughs> We need people to stop them and stuff them in there. And I love Jalen Smith, great person, but not the best tackler at times. Sean Lee, he's about as old as my great-grandfather. All right, so time is <laughs> catching everyone. We have Lane Vanderesh who stays hurt. This guy is – hopefully he doesn't turn into a bottle of glass or a Just brand new, younger Sean Lee for us in that department. That's not what we
1: don't need a younger version of Sean Lee. Yeah, do not do that. But imagine, I mean, who would have thought Jalen Smith with dead nerves in his knee would be the healthiest linebacker on the team? On the team. Oh my God.
0: Well,
1: Joe Thomas, man. Joe Thomas. I I love Joe Thomas. He's great. I mean, he could be a starter anywhere else. I don't know why he came back. He's a backup dude, but it's okay. They probably paid him.
0: It worked, out for, it worked out for
1: us, too. I mean, I'll gladly take yeah, it back. So we'll
0: take that. And, and then, like I said, so that, that secondary that second back there
1: with Haha and and uh, Xavier Woods. It's going it, to be a great duo. Yeah,
0: I, with Woods, I'm not going to lie. Woods and Jordan Lewis are two guys that today, before everything goes great for them or, or bad or whatever, I'm going to them with cheap deals. I'm going to Xavier Woods. Yo, man, look, we'll give you $7 million a year for four years, a four for 28 when we'll guarantee you 14. Boom. We'll get that out the way. I got me either a good safety or a cheap enough safety that I could pay him seven twice, and then cut him after that. Jordan Lewis, I'm going to be like, yo, man, I'll give you four for 20, you know, give you five million a year. If I don't like you after that, I'll guarantee you 10, all right? So I'll pay you five twice, bam. After that, two years, I don't like you. I get rid of you, or you become a very good slot corner, and then I got you for two more years, super cheap. Those are two deals that I want to get ahead of the game on. I don't want those sons of guns to go anywhere for anywhere else, so... I jumped the gun on those two guys. Man, I like the way you think. Why are you not a GM? Because I'm, I'm actually not that very smart, and uh, I do this podcast for free and and stuff like that.
1: That's cool. Yeah. So, anyways, plus I'm not
0: very good at school.
1: (laughs) none of us were. None of, but this this free agency has turned out to be one of the more exciting ones of the past few years. And, And so. Kai Forbath kicker for the you know oh first. yeah we have a yeah, we, have, we have a kicker battle we have Kai Forbath then we have Greg the leg Zerline that's right three man. three year deal seven point five million dollars I would yeah. make them kickbox for the for the starting job kickbox
0: yeah I don't want to I don't care how good you can kick a field goal because Greg the leg has a you can kick it far he can kick it over the yeah. mountain and he's been all pro and then Kai Forbath went perfect as a cowboy so. You know what, I'm just like, look, like, we're gonna have a kickboxing match. Winner gets the job, loser, obviously you're gonna have a broken jaw, so exactly. that, that's how I would set it. See what happens. I, I don't want
1: this one set on the field. I want it in the ring. Four battle went ten for ten last year. Yeah, from you know, from field goal frame. In forty plus he went eight for eight. Yep. And then Zerline, I mean he wasn't very good last year, but five for eleven. Yep. But at the same time, we know Greg Zerline's longest sixty one yards in his career. Oh, yeah. Sixty one yards compared to fifty one for Kyle Forbath. Mm-hmm. So now this is where we could have, I guess, two kickers on the team. Oh. Forbath is only one is a one year deal and I think he's under one point five million. Yeah, I'm and, trying to think
0: of the last time Dallas did that. They had that was last
1: year. Well they, they had were they that two on the same team? Yeah, or was that uh David Bueller? Yeah, it was Dan. And then Dan, Dan Bailey. I don't know
0: if it was Dan, maybe it was Dan Bader, maybe it was somebody, else. I can't
1: remember. But it's David Bueller or yeah. somebody else. Buehler was the kickoff
0: guy, the guy that to send it into the yeah. stands. So it was awesome for the 20. <laughs> exactly. But they're definitely not actor, just like Maher. Just so Brett Maher, yeah, so Brett Maher, I
1: forgot we had that dude.
0: Yeah, Brett
1: Maher, I mean, uh, he was something else. And so we have Kai Forbath versus Greg Zerline. I mean, obviously maybe for long-range field goals, we can use Zerline. And then for anything Forty yards, I guess, and closer, or fifty yards and closer. Let's do fifty yards and closer. Okay. Kyle Forbath went perfect last year, so I know they won't give up on him. They won't give up on him because I mean he has some kind of momentum. Man. But granted, Forbath was signed before Zerline, yep, sure and so was. I guess Zerline came up, and you know they were talking to him, and I guess they didn't expect him to be so cheap. Plus you know? three years, plus three years. So I was like, you know, I think it's uh two point. Five million guaranteed. So it's not much guaranteed. Yeah, and, and, and and it's worth the signing because if Zorline can, I guess, come back to what his former kicking days were. And you have to realize he's gonna get eight games indoors. Oh, no yeah. wind. Not no good. wind. So I mean Jerry World is perfect for this for this kind of guy. Get no wind resistance on a sixty yard field goal. I mean, who knows? I mean, who really knows how far he can kick a field goal? Yeah, I, I was thinking about the division and what their stadiums were like. And I it's think it all outdoors. Outdoor, all outdoors. Yeah, and then two, uh, well, they're all more up north.
0: They're yeah, all, I mean, it'll Washington, be the Ravens. D.C.
1: And I forgot what other team maybe, what other team that
0: play Steelers here and the Browns here. So, the Cincinnati. So all the away games are are, are all
1: outdoor games. Yeah, it'll so, so, be perfect eight and eight, eight, eight inside, eight outdoors. Yeah, so I mean he'll he'll definitely have his chance. And I mean, do you like the
0: signing? I, I like it. I do because like like I said, I, I'm always up for battle. They say iron sharpens iron, and uh, that's one thing that as a man not not as, not just because they're kickers, because don't get me wrong, that's a position that lots of people say that that's not even a real football player. But you know that a lot of a lot of games come down to the kickers. And even though you're just that, just one of those random kickers that you may think is irrelevant, as a man, you got to go out there and be like, yo, man, that's my job. Like Kai Forbath right now has to think to himself, dude, I came in last year and was perfect for you. What are you guys doing? And Greg the Leg is like, yo, I'm Greg the Leg. Like I will kick this guy's head off and and I'll be good. So both guys have some kind of steam in their head. Hey, man, this is my job. And so watching those guys duel it out and – is at the end of the day, it's going to come down to who's more accurate, who benefits his team more. Because Kai Forbath, aside from that first kickoff that he had as a Cowboy, which gave everyone fear. He did pretty good on kickoffs. <laughs> that
1: was awesome. Yeah. First
0: kick out of bounds. I, I oh. guarantee
1: you, everyone at the same time, son of a gun, you stupid kicker. It's like, why did we sign this guy? Yeah. And then he went on to never miss a field goal for the Cowboys. Correct. He, he, he was, was awesome. Phenomenal but job. But I so. guarantee you, everybody held their breath like, if this dude misses. Oh, like,
0: I swear, if he misses, we're, <laughs> we're driving up to Jay Road and we're, we're firing that place up for reals. People are going to start thinking I'm an arsonist or something, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're a violent person. Sad part is I'm not, man. I, I can't do anything right anyways. But nonetheless, th- that kicker battle is very underrated. That That's one that, again, very well I'm pointing that out because no, not, not a lot of people will pay too much focus to that because obviously even in practice or when you see highlights, no better on ESPN or NFL Network will be talking about these guys. But that's one that I guarantee you these guys are going to go down to – Week four of the preseason, and still no one will know who's going to start. Exactly. Because that's just who Dallas is. That's
1: just Dallas. Exactly. But you know who will start? Who will. Blake Jarwin. I was just about to bring that up. All right. All right. Same page. Let's do this. Blake Jarwin. Do you like Blake Jarwin and his contract? I I love it, actually. Wait, what? Yeah, it's a four-year deal. He obviously signed up for
0: three for 24, but he was already under contract for one. So it's actually Uh a a four for like 26 or something like that. Something like that. So – In reality, I mean, it works out. We've seen the big plays from him, so he's able to do that. We haven't seen him be consistent in it, yes, but if you can go out there with someone like Mike McCarthy who uses his tight ends as – Very seldom. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't use them to begin with very much, but when he does, he throws them in there as slots. He doesn't really throw them in there, like, out the gate to line up on the offensive line. I like it. The The one that's questionable now is the offseason signing of Blake Bell, the, the blocking tight end for the Chiefs. People started turning it. Oh, man, the Cowboys signed Super Bowl wing tight end. The, <laughs> those jerks. <laughs> It was not Travis Kelsey. so that It would have been amazing, though. Yeah, it would
1: have been freaking awesome.
0: I mean, Bell has less than 40 catches throughout his career. He's not – He had eight last year. Yeah, he has, I think, just above 400 yards total. Let's
1: just say he has more rings than the entire Cowboys team. Yeah, that's a sad one. He does have a ring. Well, not if Michael Bennett comes back. Oh, not if Michael Bennett comes back. Then Bennett has what, two? I think he
0: has, yeah.
1: Two, two, one one with the Seahawks, one one. one with the Patriots? Yeah, I think so. Okay, but for right now, Blake Bell is the leader in the clubhouse in the Super yeah, Bowl. Right.
0: And, I mean, adding a blocking tight end is good, but Blake Jarwin, I, I, again, he, we've seen
1: big games from him. He can catch
0: the ball and, and run downfield, so that's new. We haven't had that since. I mean, we have to
1: go back to before Witten was even hired. Well, I mean, even though, like, in the beginning, I think Witten averaged, like, five to eight mm-hmm. yards yep. after after the catch, and everybody remembers that one helmet rip off, and then he ran oh, like the, the Eagles 20, game. The Eagles game. See, you, I didn't even tell you what game it was. Filthy Filthy, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Blake, uh, Blake Bell obviously going to be in a run packages. I, I can see them using a lot of two tight end sets. And I mean, running toward his direction because one thing we noticed about Jarwin, he's not a great blocking tight end. Not mm-hmm. at all. We noticed that. Yep. He's probably better than Witten. And, and I said, probably because probably. They, both, they were both trash on the blocking side. Yeah. And so, Blake Bell, they brought him in for a reason because they know what they have. And the the athletic ability of Jarwin we've seen on tight end screens. He's able to catch and run with the ball. And so, that that is something that I'm glad that they noticed. But at the same time, he hasn't reached 400 yards receiving in a single season. Yeah, yet. that's right. And he has six uh, career touchdowns. We have them him in one game. in team. yeah three of them in one game. And so you have to think, like, man, is this going to be a smart signing or is this going to be one of those guys who who got paid a little bit too early? Oh, yeah. But and, and it's one of those things where you just hope it works out. Hopefully it does
0: because, like you said, it, it, it could be one of those, like, paying too early. Like I was talking about earlier paying Woods and Jordan Lewis early. Those are things that could work out for you and you're like, damn, you got a good player for cheap, smart guy. Or it could be like, that you pay this guy and it turns out, Blake Jarwin deserves to be your second or third string uh, tight end at the end of the day. So it could go any any which ways, but there's still Dalton Schultz, another guy that you can't disregard, entering, I believe, year three into the, his career. Yeah. So that, that'll be another dude. Him and Blake Jarwin, now they've had time to mesh a couple years now and no more old man Witten. So one of those guys is gonna have to step up in the tight end will be like, hey, man, you know what? This is what we got to do. And coincidentally, Blake Bell's actually the veteran, so... And he knows what it's like to be a backup to Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends to step into the football game at the moment. So with Blake Bell, maybe he brings a different aspect. Maybe he just knows his role. He knows, hey, I'm just here to block. I get it. I'm not here to catch touchdowns. I'm not here to catch 20, 30 balls a year. Even though he didn't catch yeah. a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, even though he did. Great job, my guy. But he knows, hey, man, you know what? I work with Travis Kelsey, all right? Maybe I can give you some tips of what I saw him do. That's... And maybe that translated a little bit into Blake Jarwin because – all we do is need a little bit of him because, like we talked about earlier, the Giants have Evan Ingram, great tight end when he's healthy. Zach Ertz, phenomenal tight end. David Goddard, he's going to take Zach Ertz's job in a couple years. It's just ridiculous. Jordan Reed is is gone, and Vernon Davis is, again, grandfather old. So they, they got to find something to do. But Dallas needs to step up in that tight end game. Even though Mike McCarthy doesn't use him too much, that, that tight end position helps guys like Ezekiel and Tony Pollard break those holes and score some uh, touchdowns in there, you know, just get those yards that no one
1: wants. But uh, it's going to be rough in that tight end situation, then. It does. I mean, it really will. There's going to be some growing pains. And it's just a matter of, hey, how much time does he need to really get, I guess, integrated as a starting tight end. And with with the whole quarantine, you know, the COVID-19 going on, we don't know when the NFL will start. We don't know if there's going to be a baseball season football season, basketball season, anything going on. Literally nothing. Exactly. And so we're, we're, we're on the hopeful about this. But the free agency has definitely kept us entertained, and this is definitely one of the best parts of the year so far. It's only it's only March, but still, man. it, it, it does, Like you said, it's the only thing going on right now with everything that uh, this freaking
0: virus has stopped us from doing because Dallas was actually supposed to start their um, off-season workouts here in the coming weeks since they actually got mentioned to play the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first game of the year at the Hall of Fame game. So that's going to be phenomenal if it somehow is able to happen. But obviously with all these days off and and the draft coming up, it's going to be ridiculous. But as a whole, that's the one day and now I'm waiting for because like JC just said, sports have been on pause. And now the only thing that I have to look forward to is the NFL draft because even if MLB announces today that the games will be resumed, we still have to wait another three weeks for them to get ready. If the NBA decides to do it, they'll need a couple of weeks to start getting everybody set up. Hockey, same thing. So everything's on pause for at least the next couple of weeks. So of the NFL draft—that's what's keeping me alive. Without the NFL draft, honestly, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. I'd probably be questioning life, and uh, probably I'd probably learn how to fly like Goku did, <laughs> or harness
1: your chakra yeah. like Naruto and walk Correct. on water. Yeah.
0: Like,
1: I, I would at least try. He definitely be to try many times. Exactly. But nonetheless, yes. um, real quick, we got a little bit of time mm-hmm. in our show. Oh, yeah. So let's, let's roll through your mock draft that's on com. Oh, man. Again, yeah. That, that's one thing. Again, if you guys haven't already
0: noticed, we are sponsored by Dallas Sports Nations. All right. Those guys are the best of the best. We get our articles out there from anything Rangers, Cowboys, um, literally almost
1: anything. Uh, the Dallas Stars, Mavericks. Yeah. And you yeah. can find anything Dallas, FC Dallas on there yeah. as well. Soccer. And, and, no sport is left out on this website. That's I mean, right, man. You have everything. We have podcasts as well. We have a great one with uh, John Moore and Rangers Nation. Oh, yeah. At Rangers Nation podcast. He's a recliner. He's, very good. He's a very good writer as well. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Excellent. I, I mean, I like to toot our, whole, our own horns. Toot, toot. But at the <laughs> same time, you know, John's killing it over there, Rangers Nation. And Cowboys Nation as well. We have great bloggers over here, great oh, writers. Yeah. D.W. Walton, we got uh, C.H. Shelton, Davis Wilson, who, was actually, who actually partnered with that boy RDA on this latest seven-round mock draft, so RDA, I'll let you roll with us. That's so, right, all right, so uh, one thing know. that, yeah, Davis and I did was, like you said, we partnered up. This is our second coming of our mock draft. So hold up. We got to do this right. All right. Welcome to the 2020 NFL Draft, sponsored by Dallas Forest Nation and Wiggern Enterprises. This is the Dallas Power Hour, and your host, RDA, is here. That's right. I'm ready to go and rock and roll because with these
0: picks that I have here, we're going to give you guys what Dallas Cowboys need to get going, all right? During this mock draft, one thing I want to make sure everyone knows, I, some of these picks, for the most part, are just players that I, I like a lot, but I went in the direction that I think Dallas will go in, all right? These This mock draft is not how I would want them to go because – I would take a completely different approach. So I try to look at it from the Cowboys' standpoint of view and what these guys could actually make happen come April twenty-third, fourth, and fifth. All right. So for me, round one, and and this was a, a reach. A lot of guys keep saying, you know what, this guy won't be there. Hundred percent understand. But to me, in my first round mock draft, I had them taking wide receiver from Oklahoma, um, not Oklahoma State, just Oklahoma. C.D. Lamb. This guy is great. Absolutely love this guy. That's That that would be, for me,
1: my pick at round one. Man, I love C.J. Land. Great ball control, great speed. And he, he would likely be a slot receiver, right? Man, I'm talking about out of the gate
0: this guy would be in. He would be the most perfect. I would, I would go as far as to say as a top five slot corner in the game from the day he walks in the building. Nice.
1: Davis Wilson on the other side has C.J. Henderson out of Florida. That's right. Byron Jones, you know, departure to Miami Let's get a, let's get ourselves another Florida boy and bring him back to Dallas. That's right, he'd be a step in as I mean, easily one of the starting oh, cornerbacks. Definitely, maybe over Cheeto. Definitely, Cheeto and Anthony Brown with his new contract. Yeah, on that one, that'll that'll become a new battle.
0: Would be someone like a uh, Cheeto Bay and uh, I would say maybe even C.J. Henderson for that slot number two because I think Anthony Brown will get the first spot. Yeah, because they paid him. Definitely, then, and not, even though he's a first round pick, I don't think you're gonna roll that as a a. a Free, well, a corner from day one, unless you're Jeff Okuda, then, hey, man, that boy's from South Grand Prairie, Texas. Hey, that boy can play football hey, from right now, right now. Hey. But unless your name is Okuda, everybody else is going to go in as maybe the second corner on the team. I like it. So round two, who do you got? For me, this is where I, I answer the question of cornerback. I'm going Trayvon Diggs, brother of Stephon Diggs, all right? Uh-huh, so the baller. Yeah, they, they both came out as two high-quality wide receivers, all right? Coming out of the league, Trevon Diggs, coming out of high school, he was known as a very, very good wide receiver. But Nick Saban was like, my guy, I'm going to have to ask you a question. It's going to become like the show All-American. I'm going to have to ask you to change positions. And he did. He went to corner, big guy. He's out there punishing people. He has good ball placements. And he makes things happen. Plus, he's not scared to tackle. I love Byron Jones. Tackling was never really a big issue for him. But for me, Diggs... I think this will answer the, a very, very good second corner right here. Maybe he could become a number one eventually, but as of right now, I think this guy steps in. He's a lock-in starter and gives everyone problems.
1: Man, I like it. I like it. Uh, Davis Wilson in round two as a slot receiver, Leviska Chenault Jr. out of Colorado. Good right. receiver.
0: Another Texas guy. right? Another Texas yeah, guy. Awesome, man. You know what? Texas we be putting out some players.
1: Ballers, ballers. Yeah, ballers. He, a
0: very good cor- uh, receiver. He played out there with um, – What's his name? Michael Gallup during his time out there. So yep. both Colorado kids. And even though their quarterback situation is, is is a little bit flustered out there in Colorado, LaVista still showed out. Guy's big kid. He can catch the ball. He's a playmaker. Yeah, he sure is. And, and that would not be a bad pick whatsoever either. So both of them right now, I think either one you go with. They've gone corner receiver, obviously, in different rounds. But I think either one of these so far is so good.
1: Round three,
0: fight. All right, now this is where it starts turning because, again, Davis Wilson has his and I have mine. My round three, personally, because I know I know that Dallas, again, if it was up to me, it wouldn't be my pick. But Dallas, seeing that there's a gaping hole in there after Travis Frederick leaving, I think they tried to replace him instantly with Matt Hennessy out of temple. This dude, not the biggest guy lengthwise, not the strongest by any means, but he knows how to leverage people. He knows how to step in and move you just out of the way so running backs will get through. And if you try to sack his quarterback, believe me, he's not going to make that easy for you. So, Matt Temple, I think as a third round pick, would be a great pick for these guys. A lot of people see him going maybe in the second round, but I think he'll fall just enough to reach that as that pick eighty two.
1: Man, I like it. I mean, they have to address the center position one way or another. And I mean, really, I didn't think they would actually draft an actual just pure center. Me you know they they all they always draft somebody who's able to. I guess. Swing around multiple positions. Oh, yeah. Like the Chaz Green, the, uh, the Cameron Fleming, who's a swing tackle. Connor McGovern. Connor McGovern, who's a swing guard. Yep. And Joe Looney, who's also an interior yep. lineman, clearly. Yeah. So, I mean, round three, Davis Wilson, Daryl Taylor, as Rusher out of Tennessee. Yeah, a lot of people
0: like him. I mean, if you watch him play, I think the guy's very fun to watch. Damn it, he just
1: runs through people. I think he's just
0: raw talent. I think he needs a lot of coaching. Don't get me wrong. He's a very fun player to watch. You see him on highlight. It's how that reels on YouTube. Go watch him. You watch him and you're like, dude, this guy's a top 50 pick just based on seeing his kid play. But just not enough technique to his game. Every time he tries to to run through people, if he can't do it based on his athletic traits, he's not getting past him. And that's where I see a big issue with him.
1: Very nice. I like the breakdown. All right. So round four. Uh, David Wilson has Brandon Jones' safety out of Texas. Anybody from Texas, I I
0: automatically love him. And, uh, again, he has a safety. So, I mean, that that works out. Brandon Jones, the defense in Texas was never phenomenal by any means. Nope. Brandon Jones is a pretty good light on that defense side, so not a bad player whatsoever. Good character person. That that's always something you want around. But you have a safety as well. Correct, and also in round four. So uh, for me, it's Terrell Burgess, the kid out of Utah. A lot of people think that maybe his his other teammate, the other safety, will go before him, but Terrell Burgess has better tackling abilities with above average uh, ability to cover. So that I think that's where he excels and. This is my ideal guy because I think it's a nice mid-round pick, a guy that knows what it's like to take leadership, accountability for his team. And this is your J.J. Wilcox comp pick right here because obviously not an actual comp pick for J.J. Wilcox leaving. He left forever ago. But this is a guy that you could fit into that rotation with Clinton Dix and Xavier Woods, someone that if something happens, I mean, you just keep moving these guys around. He'll make plays on on special teams. So for me, Burgess will be a, a steal in this one in fourth round. Some people have not going in the fifth, but grab them early while you can because I want the most playmakers
1: I can. Man, I like – and, and you know one thing about RDA is the draft has always been his favorite part of the football season. It's like cocaine to me. It, it's like <laughs> – well, well, I, 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 I,
0: I, I don't
1: really know if that's – You don't know. Everybody, <laughs> no. no, you know what? Next pick, round five. <laughs> the round five, what you got, RDA? For me, Juwan Jennings. Uh, I'm going to get killed for this comparison. Why? I guarantee you. You're going to say something outrageous. I'm going to
0: say something ridiculously stupid. Jawan Jennings from Tennessee, big guy, all right? And as a slot receiver, you more than likely would want someone maybe a little bit shorter, six foot, 5'10", something like that. But Jawan Jennings is a giant. I mean, he's just a monster. But what I love about him the most, he catches the ball. And once he catches it, then his lights out. This guy, and this is what I'll get killed for He's prime, Des Bryant. Once he catches the ball, no, no, I'm not you saying. Said it. I'm not saying to catch the ball. You said it. But once he gets his hands on the ball, on my mother, this man will not let you bring him down with one guy. Yes, thirty broken tackles this season alone. Once he catches the ball, it is him. If it's one on one, I I would put my life on the line that no safety in the division. Now that Malcolm Jenkins is left, can bring him <laughs> down one on one in this high, division. Good, You know what? Good luck to them because Jawan Jennings. Collins? Landon Collins. Okay, you know what? I forgot about that guy. <laughs> Landon, Landon Collins, <laughs> Collins would level him and bring him back down to a rookie level.
1: So your life is gone. <laughs> yeah, my well, now I'm
0: dead. Now so dead, my mother, now. dead. I'm now sorry, I'm, my I'm taking
1: applications for my new uh, co-host position for the
0: Dallas Power Hour. <laughs> but, but for me, again, Jawan Jennings, if you let him catch the ball, he will make teams pay. You, you would rather have Amari Cooper catch one deep or Michael Gallup catch a slant, then have this man catch a screen. Because if he catches a screen, good luck to what bless whatever corner tries to take him down.
1: <laughs> so we have two Fizz Round picks this year. Um, you you have an interesting guy coming up next, so talk yeah. to me. A.J. Green. The wide receiver? And everybody goes
0: back to that. Yes. Not that A.J. Green. Oh, Oklahoma man. State A.J. Green. Ah. Okay. All right? Six 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 foot three, an absolute bully at the line at corner. I like bullies. And, and again, if, if, if this draft were to actually happen, you'd have Trevon Diggs, Anthony Brown starting, Cheeto Bay would be the guy to rotate on the outside with him, and Jordan Lewis would be your slot. I'm double dipping into this position again, like I did with the receivers, Plainly based on the fact of health concerns and contracts. Like we talked earlier, Jordan Lewis is up for a contract this year, and so is Chirobe Wuzier. Just like the the Cowboys double-dipped in that year, it's time to do it again because let's say none of those two guys work out and they don't pay them early, like I said. You let them both walk, and you still have brown, Diggs, and um, you'd have a green on your team. So you'd still have at least three corners heading into the following season instead of just being down to two guys and be in an all-out war for two or three
1: more corners. I like it. I like the way you double-dip And you have to be able to overhaul a position. It's smart because each year you can draft. I mean, a lot of GMs, they go, hey, wide receiver, then a lineman, then a a cornerback, then a linebacker. You get one of each position, and then you have one of each position. But whenever you see a, a position of need, like the cornerback position we just seen get depleted, and you have Anthony Brown coming back. You want to be able to, I guess, restock on the position. You want oh, yeah. to be able to have more talent than not. You want more bodies in order to find the talent. As many throw, as possible. Throw more darts at the position. The more darts you throw, the more likely you'll hit. Mm-hmm. Trayvon Diggs is definitely going to be a baller. Same, same, that same reason I did for receiver,
0: because obviously we have Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, both 1,000 plus yard receivers. Great That's, job. But Randall Cobb walked out the door. Cedric Wilson, he's still young, but he's not very effective. Noel Brown, I love the way this man looks and plays, but he hasn't played. The guy just lives on the bench. He's always hurt. Tavon Austin, also not the answer here. Jalen Guyton, the rest of these guys that they have on on as depth, none of them are effective enough to step in as a slot. This is why I go for two receivers, because this way I can tell someone like Cedric Wilson, you know what, my guy, you're not working out. Noel Brown, I've had on for you too long. It's time for you to
1: walk out the door. You're useless to me, time to bring in some new guys. Like the Titanic, you said you'll never let go, but it's time to let it's you go. Time to let you it's drop. time to let you go. And so with that final selection of the NFL draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Khalil
0: Davis, defensive lineman from Nebraska. And and that's he looks like a tank. If you see him, I mean the guy's just massive, humongous, but he's not very powerful. And this is why he'll fought to the seventh round. He's very quick. For a very big guy, he's very quick. So if he once he gets past those initial blockers, he'll be more than willing to chase down those running backs and actually get them. He has almost 20 uh, tackles for loss over the past two years. And equally, I think he has maybe like 13 or 11 sacks in, in those same two years. So this guy's been actually killing. He's, he's doing his thing out there in Nebraska. His twin brother also played football. But Khalil Davis ended up being the better one at that position. So... I think this is why he gets drafted, and you're purely drafting him to, again, like JC said, throw more darts at the position. Yes, you have Jared McCoy. Yes, you have Dantari Poe. Yes, if, if for some reason uh, Tristan Hill, is still on the team, and that's fine. But you got to throw more darts at this. These young guys, you just got to get them to learn, especially from someone like Jared McCoy and, and Poe that have been around the league for a good amount of time. These young kids will eventually have to take over them because – It's inevitable that Jared McCoy will probably not be here either next year or the year after that because one way or another, these guys will either retire or their contract was just in, and that's when you need some younger guys to step in and fill that void.
1: And there you have it, folks. RDA's 2020 mock draft for your Dallas Cowboys. Now you can check that out in the full breakdown on DallasSportsNation.com. That's RDA's and Davis Wilson's. Mock draft 2.0. We have there's also another one by CA Shelton on there as well, which go, go check that out as well. There's there's a ton of info on there. I mean, the quarantine as is everybody inside, so I mean, do what your teachers told you to do back in high school, back in uh elementary and middle school. Go read, yeah, yeah, go, go read. read. And if you don't feel like reading, well, you have us, yeah, yeah, you, you have us. That, that's that's why you turned in for the first for the first reason, anyway. I mean, we're exactly, here. we're the best. Remember that we are the best. Because we are the Dallas Power Hour Every single
0: time, guys And we'll always be here Regardless of sports again There might be on pause But we'll always find something to talk about This show will continue Because we're the Dallas Power Hour Presented by Dallas Sports Nations And with Renate Enhancing your fans' sports experience Alright, guys So, uh, let yeah, do that, yeah, that the Say 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 Get live,
1: get live